0: Hello, golfers. The golfers here.
1: Now, live on WWLS, the sports animal. This is the 73rd hole with Sam Humphreys.
2: I'm Tiger Wood. I'm Tiger Wood. Sam.
1: Oklahoma's premier golf show, giving you insider access and interviews to golf in the state of Oklahoma and on the PGA Tour. Yeah! There you go. Good shot. It's the 73rd hole. I love y'all. <laughs> on 98.1 FM. WWLS the Sports Animal. What? WWLS the Sports Animal live from Augusta National with Craig Humphreys. Proudly sponsored by Air Comfort Solutions, the Inner Urban Restaurants, Golf USA, and Buffalo Wild Wings on the Northwest Expressway.
3: That is the most beautiful music on this planet or any other planet. The Masters theme song. And that means it is Masters week here. Good morning, everybody. It is Masters week on the 73rd hold. Radio show, Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams. And that music does mean that my man, the hump man... Craig Humphreys is in Augusta this morning. I want to start there, Dad. How is Augusta looking this morning? What are, what is the schedule of events for today? And then we'll get into some things that happened yesterday. But give us the schedule of events not only for uh, Augusta National this these coming next couple days, but also tell the people when you are going to be on throughout the week so they can know. Okay.
2: First of all, Sam, you got to bring in your co-host uh, T Dub. T Dub, good morning.
0: It is a beautiful morning, guys. I mean, we are officially here at Masters Week. I cannot wait. It's every golfer's dream. And uh, we had some great golf yesterday, not just down at Augusta National, but on the other tours as well. It's kind of a nice little tease into what to expect this next week. So uh, I can't wait. It is my favorite week of the year, and it probably will be till the day I die.
2: Well, uh, this is a combination of uh, two of the best things in golf, the 73rd hole and the Masters. And... First of all, I'm just honored to be with you guys, and, and folks, if you love golf and you're not listening to the 73rd Hole Podcast on a regular basis, you need to do that. These guys don't mention it enough, but I'll brag on them since I'm not a part of the, the, the show normally. Uh, these guys won the award for the National Podcast of the Year last year in Orlando, Florida, at the National Golf Show, uh, annual golf show in Orlando. Uh, Taylor and Colby and Powell, we got to mention Colby because he, he was – uh, part of the show at the time one of the founders of the show along with t-dub uh but uh but yeah 73rd hole won the top uh golf podcast of the year uh last year in orlando so these guys do a great great job and you need to listen to them on a regular basis and and then now they have the radio show that you can hear on the sports animal every week so guys i'm honored to be with you and now i Guys, I wish that we could can this weather today in Augusta and have it the rest of the week (laughs) because it is is just absolutely perfect today. Sunny, kind of a cool start to the morning, 9 o'clock this morning. It was 56 degrees, going to be up to 63 by noon, 72 at 3 this afternoon. Light winds of like, you know, between 4 and 8, 5 and 10 miles an hour throughout the day today. So it's just an absolutely perfect day. There is chance of rain. Uh, throughout the week, fifty percent chance tomorrow mostly afternoon showers, high of seventy one tomorrow. Then it's gonna be very warm weather from Tuesday to Thursday. T Dub, you're coming down here for Wednesday. Bring your shorts because it's gonna be a high of eighty eight on Wednesday. Hot and humid. Uh twenty percent chance of afternoon thunderstorms, T dub, but only twenty percent. So that's we we can live with that, right? Not not bad. Uh but there is a twenty percent chance on Tuesday. And Wednesday, 40% chance on the first day of competition on Thursday uh, of afternoon thunderstorms right now, 40%. But that can change between now and then. But very warm weather, Tuesday high of 83, Wednesday 88, Thursday, you know, 84. And then cooling off uh, for the weekend with a high of only 66 on Friday with northeast winds gusting up to 20 miles an hour on Friday, 70 cent. Uh, seventy per, uh, percent chance of rain on Friday, sixty percent chance of rain on Saturday, of Masters weekend with again northeast winds gusting up to twenty uh, miles an hour. Don't have the forecast yet for next Sunday, but but anyway, but that's the weather outlook for the week. And and Sam, you talked about the schedule for the rest of the day and and uh, what a lot of people are looking forward to around here. Uh, they're going to have the the road to Augusta, uh, EA Sports. Uh, Covering you know the the road to Augusta and have a bunch of celebrities up here to to uh, uh, take part in that. That's going to take place uh, tonight between six and eight o'clock right here in the media center. And we mentioned yesterday some of the celebrities involved. Tony Finau is going to be here. Lexi Thompson, uh, Josh Allen, quarterback for the Bills, is going to take part in that. Uh, one of the guys from Dude Perfect, Sam. So no, that's going to be quite an event. Coming up later on today, right here in the media center. Right now, we have, as we speak, we got the drive, chip, and putt going on, and like we said, just a perfect day for them, where the the kids get to go have the have the putting contest. A lot of it, uh, of course, uh, the the uh, driving part of it takes place on on the driving reins, but uh, to uh, for the uh, uh, putting to be done on the 18th green here at Augusta National, that's a pretty cool deal. Uh, but the drive, chip, and putt. Uh, going on this morning with kids from all over the country here. Just one of the great things that Augusta's, uh, Augusta National is doing along and in cooperation with, you know, the other uh, golf bodies like the, the USGA and PGA of America and so forth. Uh, but a great thing uh, that they're doing with the drive, chip, and putt, which is taking place this morning. It's just a beautiful, perfect, sunny day here in Augusta.
3: No doubt about it. You mentioned a lot of great things there. T-Dub, i got to get your thoughts on a couple things he just talked about. What are your thoughts on the new Masters video game coming out this week? And and what are your thoughts on the drive, chip, and putt? Maybe what would be some of your strategies if you were competing in the drive, chip, and putt, T-Dub?
0: Well, I would assume hit it long and straight would be best. <laughs> That's a good strategy. It close to the hole would be about the best that I could do. It comes- to strategy, I guess you'd have to. You would probably be preparing for something like this for quite a while, so that would uh, get into it. And you know, we talked about it a little bit on our podcast. We didn't seem too entranced in watching the Road to the Masters Invitational, but now hearing kind of the guests and who will be there, I'm actually pretty entranced. Like like the Huntman was mentioned. Got Tony Fina, Lexi Thompson, Josh Allen, the guys from Do Perfect, even Eric Church, country singer is going to be doing yep. it. So I think it'd be yep, kind of cool to yep. see that. Going to be some uh, boys and girls club girls there that uh, boys and girls there that are going to be. Uh, really getting into it. So I think that's going to be a really cool deal going to check that out for sure. And it's just pretty interesting guys, isn't it? Because this is a a tournament that 20 years ago, you couldn't even watch the front nine of it because they were so exclusive and didn't want anyone around there. Now we have dude, perfect guys out there like they did last year with, uh, with the soccer balls. And now we have it on a video game. It's pretty cool to see how the times (laughs) have changed and uh, (laughs) exactly exactly so it's uh it's gonna be cool to see just all the different ways that they're getting it uh getting augusta involved and what we talk about all the time just growing the game of golf
3: no doubt about it and t-dub i gotta get your thoughts on the augusta national women's amateur that we saw yesterday rose zhang continues her dominance not only in junior golf and college golf but amateur golf as well the number one ranked women's amateur in the world Let me take you back through her resume a little bit. All she's done is won a junior PGA championship. She's won the Rolex. She won the swinging skirts, AJGA Invitational. She won the U.S. Women's Am. She won the U.S. Girls Junior Am. She won the NCAA Championship T-Dub. She was on the teams of the Junior Solheim Cup, the Junior Ryder Cup, the Curtis Cup, the Arnold Palmer Cup, the Spirit International Amateur all those team events for the USA, they won every single one of those. And then she goes out and she wins the the Augusta National Women's Amateur in the same year that she is literally breaking the record for scoring average in the NCAA, averaging 69.68. My dad and I talked about it last night on Sports Animal Live. I got to get your thoughts, T-Dub. I think she may be against her competition The most dominant player in the world, T-Dub. This was amazing. And we can get into the golf and the playoff.
0: What were your thoughts? I mean, I think you're absolutely right with what you're saying there. Her career has just been absolutely dominant at this point. She, I don't know if she's the only person to do this, but it would shock me. She won the U.S. Women's Am before she won the U.S. uh, Junior Women's. It's like, how in the world do you do that? You're supposed to be the exact opposite of that. And and it looked like she was just going to go out. And really run away with this tournament, Sam. I mean, she had a, a what a six shot lead going in the final round, and sort of uh, like you shots. expect. I mean, anyone who has as a big lead, five shots, five shots, yes. And so you know, I mean, just the lead was was so high, and you, sleeping on that's tough. She comes out and doubles the first hole, rebounds with a birdie on two, but then makes uh, bogeys three out of her next five holes. And then there there was a little bit of a weather delay in there, so I think that allowed her to maybe sit down and maybe decompress and come back into it goes on a nice little par streak there, but then birdies 13 makes a really good clutch putt there. And, and then, but then on 15 guys and hunt, man, this is what I want to ask you. I mean, what was she thinking on that second shot? I mean, she's 235 yards out downhill with a two shot lead, trying to hit a three wood to carry the water. And like bones was time on the broadcast. Everyone's worried about the water. Sure. He could have easily landed on the green and went over long. I mean, when you're watching this tournament, Hump, man, I mean, what are you thinking with their two shot lead trying to go for it there?
2: All right, let, let, let me uh, let Rose Zang uh, tell you what she was thinking on number 15.
4: On 15, it was definitely a a very difficult decision. Um, I, I really did want to lay up, uh, but my dad and I were talking through the shot, and yesterday I went for it. Um, I was hitting it well, and I found a little bit of a grip change, so I felt confident for the most part, and um, – I really just hit it thin and it didn't even come close to the green. So I really, um, from then on, I was just, I was kind of mad at myself for, um, kind of opening that doorway so wide. Uh, but I think that that putt on 15 was necessary for my confidence. I had, I blasted it by six feet and, if I didn't make that, that would have probably been the end of me um, in terms of everything that happened. So,
2: That was Rosang after a round yesterday, T-Dub, and, no, you hit on it. I mean, that, that she had to pull herself together two different times, once after the start, because, remember, like you said, she she starts off 13 under par. She gives up four shots. She, she played the first seven holes four over par. With, with a double on the very first hole and then had uh, three bogeys and a four-hole stretch at, at uh, four, five, and seven. And so then uh, the suspension of play happens at 10.30 in the morning. This was a three-hour and 20-minute break, guys. So they didn't uh, resume play until 1.50 in the afternoon. So, you know, uh, she was asked, you know, what, what she did during the break and what, what she did to kind of uh, pull herself back together during the break.
4: I didn't do anything specific uh, during the break. It was more of just getting off the golf course and having a more refreshed mind. Um, So I feel like the break did me well. um, But at the same time, it didn't resolve a lot of things that I had on the golf course um, that was feeling uncomfortable. And I would say the thing about me is I'm very consistent uh, in my performance, and partially because I am very quick in adjusting um, to things that work. Uh, I really kind of do a scan through in my mind on what I need to get done, on what I need to work on, um, from setup to ball position, grip, everything. Um, and when things weren't feeling comfortable, it was kind of an aha moment where I was like, my grip, it's my right hand. Um, so I made it a little weaker and That allowed me to get my driver back on track, and that was kind of my devil in the bag when I was playing the first couple holes.
2: So, T-Dub, I mean, how many times you ever change your grip right in the middle of a round of golf?
3: And T-Dub, for the listeners out there, maybe explain what she means a little bit by making her grip weaker and what that might have actually changed. She said it got her back on track, but dive into that a little bit for the listeners.
0: And yeah, so, so if you make your grip a little bit weaker, what what'll happen is is that the club face will be more likely to stay open through the ball. May actually not hit it as far would, but it'll also be if she has the left miss coming in there because with if the strong grip it essentially means that your hands a little bit more open, so then it'll shut at a, at impact, which would get it turning over to the left. So I mean, that makes a lot of sense uh, that she was able to do that and correct herself on that front. But at the same time, going back to your question, I mean, I, I have never changed my grip in the middle of a round. I, I, anytime I try to change your grip, it to me like five years to, to get it fixed out. So, I mean, it's, that's something that you don't see very often, but it also shows her, her talent level in there and her composure as our clip alluded to just uh, to be able to come back and get composed. But also, too, don't want to do, uh, give any uh, slack to Jenny Bay, who finished second in the playoff as well. She played some great golf on her last 15 holes, made, made a bad double on, on three, her third hole. But then birdies nine, birdies 13, then hits an unbelievable shot when the pressure is mounting on 17. And you really knew the pressure there, man, because she was walking uh, off 16 green, and she could see what was going on on 15 with Rose, Zang, with Rose Zang. So she knew that she was getting back in the tournament. So for her to be able to come up and hit that shot, on seventeen I thought was very impressive. I just think what really cost her was in that playoff where she just hit a horrible second shot on, on number ten, which was the second playoff hole, where the ball was above her feet and the winds came a little bit up the right and she just hit a, a big pull there, which essentially sealed her fate. Roseanne had had a great putt um down the stretch. But uh you know, with Rosane being such a, a household name and Jenny Bay being from Georgia, Huntman, did you feel like that maybe there's a little bit of home crowd a uh, home crowd oh. there kinda of pulling for her?
2: No, there was no question. No, there, there was no question that the crowd favorite was was uh, Jenny Bay because she's from uh, Swanee, which is uh, just northeast of Atlanta. But like we said, fifth year uh, at the University of Georgia, and so you no, know, there there was it was uh, definitely uh, a kind of home crowd uh, for Jenny Bay yesterday. But like you said, T.W., you got to get a, give it up to her. You mentioned, yeah, the the her lead, Zhang's lead was only five shots, but it was, like you said, six shots over Jenny Bay to start the day. They weren't paired together. Jenny Bay was playing in the next last group, Rose Zang, of course, in, in the final group. Uh, but, yeah, what, what she did to chase down uh, Rose Zang, and like you said, t Dub, the shot she had in 17, to just stiff it um, within, you know, a tap in just inches of the hole, uh, in, in that type of pressure, uh, you got to give it up to her. But then, like I said, you also got to give it up to Rose Zhang after that terrible start. And, and we got to say that the conditions in the morning leading up to the storm, the, the winds were blowing 25, 30 miles an hour. It was not easy conditions, but that makes what uh, uh, Jenny Bade did even more impressive in the early morning. But Zhang, after being four over through seven, all right, so she collects herself and then plays 8 through 14 and one under par. Still had a two-shot lead when she came to 15 and then hits her second shot in the water that we just talked about. Biggest putt she made all day, like she talked about, is probably that six-footer for bogey. If she had missed that putt, no telling what happened. She had to make that putt just to keep her lead, all right? But then after that, what was impressive to me, how many times, guys, have we seen uh, professional male golfers come apart? After hitting it into the water at 13 or 15, especially 15, um, and and they come apart down the stretch. Well, what she did is she pars 16, 17, and 18, and then pars the two playoff holes. So she makes five, you know, really good pars after hitting the second shot into the water at number 15. So, uh, Roseang had to pull herself back together twice yesterday, and she did, and that's that's why she is the Augusta National Women's Champion.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. T.W., made a great point that you've got to give it up to Jenny Bay playing bogey-free after that double on number three. And then, Dad, I mean, explain to the people who have never been to Augusta how great those two two-putts were for Rose Zhang. number one. The first one on the second playoff hole on 18 where she's down, uh, you know, In not the on the same level. tier on the right. front level. And then the next one... I think a lot of people um, underestimate how tough that putt on 10 actually is from above that hole, especially above and to the right of that hole. That was not that easy of a two-putt, and she lagged it up there stone dead.
2: Well, first of all, Bones Mackay knows this course a whole lot better than I do, and Bones was on the mic on the course yesterday. How good is he, guys? I mean, he, he's, he's better than the guys who do it for a living. I mean, I mean, I know Bones has done this for a living, also. Now he's back on the bag with Justin Thomas, but he was on the mic yesterday. But T.W. He is just so good, isn't he? But on eighteen, if people haven't been here, and if you come, I mean, you, I mean, obviously you need to walk the whole course. But when you walk up the hill, the 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 walk, especially from the, the second shot up the hill to the green on 18, TV kind of flattens that out a little bit. That is a very, very steep hill. And it is it is very steep on the 18th green from the front level to the back level. And so, it's, like Bones said yesterday, he, he said it is so hard to get the speed on that putt right. And that's where... There were a few times yesterday, T. Dub. Maybe a local caddy could have helped Jenny. I mean, uh, helped R- Roseang's uh, some, but um, but Bone said at the time, even before the putt, you know, this is where a local caddy might have helped because on the 18th green, number one, to get the speed right up the hill, it's just a slower putt than you think it is, and number two, it's probably going to break a little more right than you think it does, and and I think he was right on on both counts there, but. Like Sam said, that was a nice two-putt there. And then being above the hole at number 10, and that's the other thing that you need to do. And we can talk about this later in the show, guys, as we go. Like if people are coming down here, like T-Dub is for the first time, but, you know, we're – what are the things that you need to do on this golf course what are the six or seven spots that you need to go stand and take a look at it and you can really see the undulation or different things and one of the recommendations was go stand behind the number 10 green and look back up that hill toward the tee box and so forth and you get a picture of just how steep that that uh, uh, hill is at at number 10 and and of course 10 and 18 you know share the same hill there Uh, you're going uphill at 18 downhill at 10 but but as Sam said on, on number ten, you get above the hole though on that green, and I, what'd she have, Sam? Like I, I don't know if it's thirty thirty five feet, but but it wasn't it, a given wasn't, two putt, is what it was. It wasn't no, and that's what Bone said. It, it wasn't the length of the putt so much, but when you're above that hole, you just it it is so fast, and most people can't get a handle on how fast that putt is. And you see routinely guys are, are, are going to run that putt a lot of times, you know, five, six feet by. And she lagged that thing, uh, you know, up within inches, just a, a simple tap in uh, for the victory. So if you are coming down here, I'll just say I'll give you a few of the landmarks. I mean, go up and, and stand by the big tree, by the club. I mean, you can't get inside the roast to stand right underneath it, but but get a picture there. You might see a bunch of celebrities, players, you know, uh, you, you no telling who, who you'll see under the big tree, just to the right of the number one tee box. Uh, but uh, definitely go to the spot where Bubba, you know, hit the uh, the hook shot of the, what, 52-degree guys on, on number yep. 10 and the trees to the right. You just can't imagine where he was, how he got the ball on that green. Um, stand behind number 10, like we said. Uh, check out Phil's uh, where Phil hit from on, on number 13. Uh, there, there's three trees on the corner. It's, you know, behind the middle tree there. And, and uh, when he made the, the uh, six-iron shot, final round 2010, set up the eagle and his third green jacket in 2010. Uh, the Jack Nicklaus uh, plaque between 16 and 17, you definitely uh, can check that out. Uh, the only palm tree on the course is to the right of the number four green, which this was closed off to patrons from uh, – for a number of years there now, heck, I'm old enough. I I can remember the years where we could go back behind the number four green, all the time. Well, then it was closed off for a time, but they made changes in 2019 to the tee box on number five that allowed for the course to direct patrons along the right side of of number four and past the lone pine tree. Uh, so you need to go and, and and check that out. Gives you a pretty good view. Um, you can see you know uh, catch players hitting uh, into the par three there, and then. Take in the course behind number seven, all right, behind seven, possibly the the most severely sloped green on the golf course, and plus you can see number eight, number 17, number two, also very viewable from behind the seven uh, green. But just a few spots, uh, you know, we can get into this more. Obviously, number 16 is, is the I think, the prettiest spot on the course. The walk now down number 10 is the best walk on the course. But uh, it, I don't know, just – um, being down here, it just gets you fired up. There's so many things about this golf course, and now I'm I'm in my 34th trip to Augusta, and I still get fired up every time I come down here.
3: No doubt about it. Dab, why don't you tell the people about our great sponsors that helped you get down there?
2: Okay, yeah, we do all, always want to say thanks to the people that make this possible, Golf USA, Interurban Restaurants, Buffalo Wild Wings, Air Comfort Solutions, all of them longtime partners with the Sports Animal, and Uh, Air Comfort Solutions has the ACS $69 AC tune-up, so make sure your system is teed up, ready for the summer. Make the winning call in the OKC Metro. It's 405-721-3740 and in the Tulsa area, 918-743-2300 or check them out online at aircomfortsolutions.net.
3: That's Craig Humphreys live from Augusta. Taylor Williams and Sam Humphreys here on the 73rd Hole Radio Show. We got a bunch of text messages we'll get to about Augusta National, asking the hump man... Uh, some more things. We'll get to those after the break here, and then we'll talk some PGA tour and live golf coming up here after the break on Oklahoma's leader
1: in golf, the sports animal WWLS, the sports animal live from Augusta national with Craig Humphreys proudly sponsored by air comfort solutions, the inner urban restaurants, golf USA and Buffalo wild wings on the Northwest expressway.
3: And we're back here on the 73rd hole radio show. We will be with you until noon. Yes, Craig Humphreys is live from Augusta, but Taylor Williams will also be live from Augusta later on in the week. T-Dub, I got to get your thoughts. What are you most excited about, uh, you know, going to Augusta for the first time? Let the
0: people know a little bit about that. Oh, I am just so blessed and excited. Sounds like we're having a couple of
3: technical difficulties there with T-Dub. We'll try to get him back as soon as possible. Uh, Dad, I'll go to you. We had a text message uh, from Shawnee here, here on the Trade Pros Heat and Air Text Nation line. They asked, how does the 18th at Augusta compare to Southern Hills?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, both of them are alike in the in the fact that it's a very uh, steep walk up the hill after the second shot on, on each of them, um, and, and both of them both of them are dogleg uh, rights. Uh, you need to have an accurate drive on each one of them um southern hills for i mean uh here at Augusta national 465 yards what is what is the 18th at southern hills now sam it's i can look it up real quick but it's somewhere in that same neighborhood it's longer than you know. it used to be that's for sure yeah no no question about it um but they they got the expanded bunker complex here it requires about 335 to carry the bunker complex um trees on the left uh present i mean uh prevent the bailout and so you know, it used to be for, for years people could just bail left on, on number 18. And, and I remember, well, in the early tiger years, Ian Woosnam, you know, uh, just drove it, you know, a, a mile left and had, you know, whatever, just a little sand wedge in, into the green uh, from the left side over there. Well, now there's trees on the left to, pre- to prevent that you got two bunkers that guard the green, and so if you hit it into one of those front bunkers, especially, I mean, if it's a front bunker to a back pin, that is a long bunker shot. But even the bunker shots, if the pins on the front level of the green, are not easy. Um, The tee box has been extended uh, 13 yards without changing the official yardage there, so they can always go back a little further at number 18 here in Augusta. But uh, it's ranked all time as the number 7 hole. Uh, on this golf course, and and uh, there's 19 Masters champions that have birdied number 18 in, in the final round to win at Augusta. I would say, as tough as this green is to putt at 18 at Augusta National, I'd say the green at 18 at Southern Hills presents more of a challenge. And and we've seen that, especially uh, like in in the uh, in the U.S. Open in what 2001 U.S. Open uh, at at uh, Southern Hills. What happened there to you know, uh, Retief you know, Goosen, yeah. yeah, Retief Goosen and, and and those guys. So, uh, I would say that the green at Southern Hills is much more severe. Um, and, and overall, By the way, I would say I looked it up, and it's, it, it's Hills,
3: 491 probably. at Southern 491. Hills. I, okay. I do think that the hole is harder at Southern Hills, but obviously, the history at Augusta, I, I rank them both as far as difficulty in um, major championship finishing holes up there in the top five. I think we have T-Dub back here. T-Dub, okay. before we lost you, I was asking, what are you most excited about? You're going to be live from Augusta later on in the week. What are you most excited about uh, being at Augusta live for the first time?
5: Well, it, it's one of the most exciting things that I could have ever dreamed of. Big thanks to, to Craig Humphreys who we have on here and then Bev as well. Uh, Craig's wife and your mom, Sam, just for being able to make this possible. It's going to be an absolutely great experience. And then right before the break, when Huntman was listing off all, all the different things to do, going sent by the big tree, Bubba's number 10 shot, filling 13, I was just taking notes. I got my my notepad right here, so I know exactly where I'm going to go in my first few steps. And then, you know, you're going to have to go by the merchandise tent. You know, have to see at least what they have to <laughs> offer there. So it's uh, just a full experience, guys. I mean, I just absolutely cannot wait for it. And one of the biggest blessings of it all is that Tiger's going to be there, and I think that's going to add just even the biggest cherry on top was going to be A magical trip
3: yeah we'll definitely talk some more tiger later on in the show guys but i want to get to a guy that we haven't talked much about so far this year but he's making some noise the week before augusta that's brooks kepka right now brooks kepka has a three-shot lead over sebastian muñoz in live golf orlando and guys, I mean, I, I feel like it's one of those situations where Brooks, he gets up for big events. And T-Dub, we talked about this on the podcast that we've only seen these live players really in six competitive rounds. Now, some guys like Abraham Anser played in the Saudi International along with some other PGA Tour players like Cam Young earlier on in the year. But other than, you know, that tournament and then live Mayakoba and live Tucson this is really the the third tournament we've seen these guys. And after the long off season that these live golfers did have, I think this is a good barometer of how guys are actually playing headed into Augusta. And Brooks Kepka's playing great golf, twelve under through two rounds, has a great chance to win for the second time on the Live Golf Tour T dub. And the first time, I mean, what, he's won 12 or six, I think he's won 16 times around the world and never won in his home state of Florida. This could be his first win in his home state of Florida as well, T-Dub. What are your thoughts on Live Golf and Brooks Kepka so far this week?
5: Well, I mean, Brooks has really just kind of come out of nowhere. You mentioned just the lack of rounds that he's played so far this year. He's played four tournaments collectively, two were on the Asian Tour, two were, were Live events. He's finished. 46th uh, and missed cut in the two Asian Tour events, and he finished 31st and 29th in, in the two lives. So, I mean, it's just the form just hadn't been there. And we, we talked about it, even when he was on the PGA Tour, how he would only get up for the majors. But even more so now, it just seems like that it's even more exaggerated than it was. And maybe he is finding a little bit of form for going into Augusta. I think it would be a good thing to see. You look at really just his game overall, and it's like nothing in his, in his overall game has really dipped off a whole lot. But it's just everything he does is so much less than it used to be. He doesn't hit the ball as far. He's he's worse with his irons, worse with his chipping, and worse with his putting. He doesn't hit it as straight. So it's not like one area of his game encompassed a little bit more. It's just everything is just dipped off a little bit. And even before the last couple of years, he's had a great record at, at Augusta, Sam. He, he had made his five cuts before they finished second to Tiger in 2019, like most of them remember, finished seventh in, in the COVID year in 2020. But the last two years, guys, he's missed the cut there and he's it horribly there the last two years. So maybe he's finding a little bit of form going into Augusta, Sam. But uh, this is even more so than what it used to be on the PGA Tour, where this form is really just coming out of nowhere.
3: Yeah, it's really interesting. And now, a couple of the one of those miscuts, he was definitely injured. Remember when he couldn't even bend over to read putts? But yeah, you're exactly right. His game has been trending downward over the past couple of years. And Dad, I mean, I remember a time when we talked about this last night, where we were picking Brooks Koepka to be in the top three of every single major um how much do you actually make of this week at live orlando and if you were to go on to win today how much would that how much weight would that hold headed into augusta do you think
2: it, it would hold a lot of weight with me i i go a lot by current form and and this guy look he, he wasn't it wasn't like he was dominating on the pga tour outside of the majors remember back then we'd say man this guy i mean he doesn't show up and, and then a major comes along and Of course, he won all four of those majors between the 1917 U.S. Open and the 19 PGA. So in a little over a two-year period, he won his four majors, won the 17 and 18 U.S. Open, and then won the 18 and 19 PGA. So he repeated uh, in each of them after he won his, his first either U.S. Open or PGA. Anyway, like T-Dub said, his track record is good here. Even in three of his last five starts, he's had top 15s here at the Masters. It's going to be his eighth Masters, so that's about the right number for a lot of first-time winners here in Augusta. Like T-Dub said, tied for second behind Tiger in 19. And so, yeah, if the current form is good, to me, and to me, I, I think that, that win last fall on the Live Tour, I think that told you that, that he's finding something in, in his game, right? So, no, I, I definitely, 32 years old, I wouldn't count him out.
3: I definitely wouldn't count him out either headed into next week, but he still has to get the job done today. He has a couple solid players chasing him. Sebastian Munoz um, is, is a solid player. T-Dub, tell the people a little bit more about Sebastian Munoz. Obviously, we don't have strokes gained in his last three live events, and, and we don't have strokes gained at where he played in Saudi either, um, but – he seems to be a pretty streaky putter at times when he plays well. He gains over a shot on the field on the greens, and when he plays bad, he loses uh, over a shot on the field on the greens. Maybe tell the people a little bit more about his game that haven't really watched Sebastian Munoz, but he, he's been up there, right? He's he's not a no-name guy on the Live Golf Tour.
5: No, absolutely not. No, he he's been around for a decent little bit, kind of been – A little bit under the radar. Doesn't really do anything particularly with his game. He's very average on about every single stat except for driver accuracy. He hits the ball exceptionally straight off the tee, which I think gives him advantage and allows him to go play a multitude of different courses. Been very streaky over the course of his career. Did win back at the Sanderson Farms in 2019, I believe was his last win that he's had. And really then since then, he's hit his irons pretty good, so that's getting a little bit better with his career. But as you mentioned earlier, Sam, the putter has been – Pretty streaky too, and now that we don't have strokes gained on the live, we can't really calculate how he's played on his last three events or so, but how he did leading up to the PGA Tour, because he did play uh, the Farmers Insurance Open this year. That was the last tour event he played. So he's a pretty new addition when it comes to the live tour. So, yeah, just one of those guys, you're not going to watch him on the range and say, oh, my, this guy's going to win every tournament he plays, and he's just a world beater. He's just going to be one of those guys that gets it around the course, hits every fairway, going to hit most of the greens, going to shoot somewhere around three or four under par, and you're going to look back and say, man, I feel like I played better than that guy, and he beat me by five shots. Just one of those guys in particular, you really want to play in match play, and someone who you may – Kepka needs to watch out for this afternoon if he doesn't get off to a very good start because Munoz played exceptionally well in the first round, didn't play particularly well uh, yesterday shooting an even par. So if Munoz can get a little bit of that first round form that he had, he can definitely make a push-up towards Kepka.
3: No doubt about it. Brooks Kepk at 12 under, Sebastian Munoz at 9 under, and then tied at 8 under are two familiar names. Mito Pereira, who a lot of people will remember, uh, had the debacle on 18 at at Southern Hills, um, and he's had even more fame since then with the Netflix series Full Swing. He was featured in that as well. He is 8 under par, tied with Patrick Reed, um, and then some other guys like Abe Answer is 6 under, Matthew Wolf is 7 under, tied for 6. uh A answer six under tied for ninth and then you have dustin johnson at five under tied with cam smith um and lee westwood right there data uh, as far as those big names i just mentioned um what guys do you kind of give a good chance uh to have a good week at augusta next week and do you think that maybe munoz or Pereira or patrick reed might even give brooks kepka a little run for his money today and live golf orlando
2: well, Patrick Reed obviously is the guy that stands out, and and because of his track record, obviously won here in, in 2018, um, won by one shot over Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth uh, in in 2018, and and we remember, you know, um, what paired with with Rory in the fourth round, wasn't it uh, uh, T Dub on on number three? When I mean on on number two, where, where uh, Rory you know had the putt for eagle and so forth, but Patrick Reed, I believe top, so. Top ten and three out of his last five starts here in Augusta, uh, but talking about current form, like he, he was second in Dubai in in January, uh, he he tied for uh, fifth at that uh, DP World Tour in England, and you know at, uh, in 2022. Um, so to me, uh, Patrick Reed can still play. I mean, here's a guy that's been on three Ryder Cup teams, three Presidents Cup teams, um, and and I think he's another one of these guys who is maybe a little more fired up this year with with every, everything that has happened just to prove that they belong. Obviously, as a former champ. I mean, he obviously belongs here, but but there's no question. And then Pereira, Sam, I do think he's interesting because we've seen how hot – I mean, when, when he gets hot uh, out of Chile, uh, Texas Tech, uh, you know, he's got Olympic experience in, in, in 2021. Um, and so – you know, should probably shoulda coulda whatever. Uh, won at Southern Hills, missed the playoff by one shot because he d- had that double on on the 72nd hole. But remember, like on on the Corn Ferry Tour, and I know it's Corn Ferry Tour, but listen, guys, you guys know better than I do. There's a small a, a fine line between the the uh, best of the Corn Ferry Tour and the PGA Tour, and he was a three-time winner in in 20 and 21 on the Corn Ferry Tour. So I I don't count count out Pereira at all. Yeah, no. And he's doubt about also it. played in the Presidents Cup. Yeah.
3: No doubt about it. I did mention Matthew Wolfe. he is not going to be um at Augusta National. There are 18 live players that are playing Brooks Kepka uh, Harold Varner III, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, uh, Thomas Peters, Mito Pereira, Jason Kokrak, Cam Smith, Gooch, um, and and some other guys as well like Bryson and and Bubba and Sergio and Schwartzel and Answer. Um, those are the guys that are going to be playing in the Masters next week that are on the Live Golf Tour. T Dub, I, I want to end this segment here talking about two of them: Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson. I don't feel like Cam Smith has drove the ball well enough. Uh, driven the ball well enough so far this year, whether it be in Mayakoba or Tucson. I haven't gotten a chance to really break down the golf yet. I'll watch it today but um, from Live Golf Orlando. But I, I don't think that Cam Smith is driving the ball very well. But at, at the same time, at Augusta National, that's not necessarily the premium. So I would definitely, as good as a short game is, still put him in the conversation Um, I have seen some solid things from DJ, but it's been inconsistent. I can't point to one area of his game that hasn't looked great because at times, even in the first two live events, it has. Um, What are your thoughts on those two guys uh, as we head into Augusta?
5: Well, you look at Dustin Johnson, right? And he just had such that miraculous form last year on Live that you would expect it to, to keep on going and just really hadn't seen that. Had a withdraw from the Saudi internationals, so maybe dealing with a little bit of injury concerns. His two events on Live so far this year, he's finished 37th and 13th, so he still has yet to crack the top ten. So maybe if he can just start finding a little bit more form that he had at the end of last year, he could. But that's kind of been Dustin Johnson throughout his whole career, right? He'll go through ups and downs, and maybe he can hit an up in there because you look at it, guys, from 2015 to 2020, he, never, he didn't finish outside the top 10, I guess, and he won. He had a second, a fourth, and a sixth in there as well. So definitely has some great history at that course, but also has some up and downs in, in there as well. He has two missed cuts, has a couple of other finishes around thirty or thirty eight. So he, he's kind of a little bit of a wild card in there. And you look at someone like Cam Smith, who finished sixth down at Mayakoba, didn't play particularly well in Tucson, finished 26th. But also, too, his record at Augusta is just exceptional. Still the only player to have played all four rounds of that course and shoot every round in the 60s. I get it was in November during the COVID year, but still a record that no one else has. Finished third last year. Really should have finished second. This guy, Scheffler, had that kind of a meltdown in the back nine, and particularly on 12. But then other than that, guys, he finished second in 2020 when he did set that record. Finished fifth in 2018 and finished tenth also in 2021. So we talk about guys all the time, right, that just drive down Magnolia Lane and they start to find a different type of form and a different type of game. And Cam Smith just happens to be one of those guys. So I think out of those two, in particular, I'd lean a little bit more towards Cam Smith, just in particular, because you look at it and there really has been very few weaknesses when it comes to his play at Augusta.
2: No a yeah, second about. T-Dub. I, no question. I mean, 2020 became the first ever with with all four rounds in the 60s, the year that Dustin Johnson won. But like T-Dub said, a tie for second then, tie for third last year three top fives i mean top 10 and four out of its last five masters uh you know with with the last year tie for third yeah you cannot count him out here
3: i don't think you can either especially with how hot that putter can get at times uh there's one more live guy uh phil mickelson we'll have to get to him later we need more time talking about phil's return to augusta national um but before we hit a break here dad tell the people about our great sponsors
2: You bet. Golf USA, Interurban Restaurants, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Air Comfort Solutions. And Golf USA has been helping Oklahoma golfers for over 35 years. They were named the top 100 club fitter in America. Golf USA team is right here on the grounds at Augusta all week long. And back in Oklahoma City, they are ready to serve all your golfing needs at 14040 Joel McDonald Drive. Just go to 140th and North May. They are just Uh, east of may avenue just west of quail springs mall where fitting is still free golf usa
3: big thank you to those sponsors we will be back right after this short break and we're going to talk about tpc san antonio and by the way sooner fans your sooner's got a win over the past couple of days we'll talk about it here on oklahoma's leader in golf the sports animal
1: wwls the sports animal Live from Augusta National with Craig Humphreys. Proudly sponsored by Air Comfort Solutions, the interurban restaurants, Golf USA, and Buffalo Wild Wings on the Northwest Expressway.
3: And we are back here on the 73rd Hole radio show. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, and Craig Humphreys live from Augusta National. And we are talking PGA Tour this segment talking about the Valero Texas Open. Patrick Rogers is twelve under, one shot lead over Corey Connors. Matt Kuchar sitting there solo third at nine under, um, and Sam Stevens from Wichita by but by way of Oklahoma played his college golf at Oklahoma State, and I mean he played on the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour, spent a lot of time in Oklahoma growing up great guy and happy to see him having some success he's tied for fourth to eight under with Chris Kirk he has a chance to get to Augusta National later on today if he were to go on and win but it's going to be a tall task right T-Dub I mean if you look at Corey Connors' record who is sitting there one shot back at the Valero Texas Open it's pretty impeccable I mean he won back in 2019 he finished tied uh Let's see, he finished tied for 35th. He has a tied for 10th in there as well at the Valero Texas Open. Dub, it's really interesting um, to me that he just continues to play well every single year. uh The week, well, it's the week before Augusta this year. It used to be Houston, the Houston Open, but th- it, he loves this golf course uh, at TPC San Antonio. That would be my favorite to win today. But the guy that I'm obviously rooting for is Sam Stevens, and then obviously Patrick Rogers. You got to give a lot of credit to as well. One shot lead headed into the final round. What are your thoughts about San Antonio later on today?
5: Well, it's not very often that on a Saturday that the PGA Tour event would have been the third most entertaining event going on that day, but that that really was the case. The against the women's Aim and the live, I think we're a little bit more entertaining, but at the same time, it, it's still good golf that was being played. Patrick Rogers played absolutely phenomenally on Friday, shot a nice little so 67, closed with a Birdie and five out of his last – six holes which is really good he he finished yesterday kind of bad with a a bogey on the par 518 Matt Kuchar did this actually a little bit worse he actually doubled uh this final hole which he would have been in contention which I I may be wrong on this but I don't think Kuchar is in the masters actually which is something that may be a shock to a lot of people so he's he's one of those people that he wasn't here last year
2: either yeah
5: yeah so he needs to get that win to be able uh to get in and Sam you mentioned Corey Connors who I think is going to be my favorite uh, this afternoon as well. Analytically, Patrick Rodgers still has a little bit better odds, but I'm still going to go with Connors, and as you mentioned, this history here as well, and then we got to look at him for next next week too, guys. I mean, in the last three years at Augusta, Corey Connors has gone 10th, 8th, and 6th at, at Augusta. I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. So maybe there's just something about this time of year as well, maybe just the, the first week of April that he just absolutely loves playing golf because it, it showed to do some good results. So yeah, I think that he's going to, if I had to prognosticate, I think he's going to win this tournament this afternoon, and I think that's going to repel him to having a top 15 maybe even a top 10 finish at, at Augusta in the c- uh, coming weeks, Sam.
3: no doubt about it uh dad what are your thoughts on Sam Stevens I know you watched a lot of him growing up uh playing golf against me on the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour and and I I think that he is one of those guys that is unflappable under pressure now yes he has his faults like around the greens this week he's almost losing a full shot and the only guy in the top 10 losing any shots around the green, so he's gonna have to clear that up if he wants to win today. Um but Sam Stevens, great ball striker. The short game can be streaky at times, but I I don't count him out of this golf tournament being right there tied for fourth headed into Sunday.
2: What is he is he eight under right now, Sam?
3: Eight I, under oh. and, and Patrick Rogers is at twelve and, and Corey is Connors 12? is at eleven.
2: Yeah. Right. So so four shots back. No, I don't count him out either. No, I, I remember uh, when he beat you at uh, what Miramichi outside of Memphis in a PGA Junior Series That's event right. was that yeah. what that was Sam? But uh, mm-hmm. uh, he he won it and I and I think uh, that you finished second there. But but anyway, no Sam Stevens is a heck of a player. I would love to see him. Can you imagine uh, winning your end this week and Sam Stevens winning his way into Augusta? Uh, that would be fantastic. I'm all for that. But even back then, what impressed me, Sam. He could control his irons so well, and and really could move the ball either direction at that time, which was impressive to me. Uh, but but no, I, I I'm I'm definitely pulling for him. And like you said, Patrick Rogers is is. You know, another player that's, you know, been out here a lot was expected of him. Remember T-Dub coming out of college? I mean, Patrick Rogers was a guy that was like a can't-miss guy. Now he's only number 143 in the world. Kuchar's only number 66, as, as T-Dub said. And on, on Matt Kuchar, the interesting thing about Kuchar is he's played in 15 Masters, guys. But remember, he played here as an amateur in, in you know, 98, 99, all right, when he won won the USM and then – the following year and the dad on the bag and all that. But then he missed the cut in 2002. That was the only time he even played in the Masters, between like 2000 and and 2009. But he really did most of his damage here at Augusta National between 2012 and 2017. He he had a tie for third, tie for eighth, tie for fifth, and and between 2012-2014, tie for fourth and 2017. He had another... Uh, tie for uh, what was he the year that the tiger won in 2019 Uh, he tied for 12th in 2019 well then he missed the cut in 2021 and then wasn't here last year so it would mean a whole lot uh, to matt kuchar to get into this golf tournament so those are the two guys i'm pulling for uh, uh, sam stevens and, and and matt kuchar
3: yeah, definitely good luck to the former OSU Cowboy Sam Stevens at TPC San Antonio today. I do have to mention, Dad, when you said that Matt Kuchar is what, 66th in the official world golf ranking yeah. right now, that's 45 right. spots ahead of Brooks Kepka. I just, that that popped wow, into my head. That's nuts. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, by the way, Liv did have great crowds uh, out there at Liv Golf Orlando. Guys, speaking of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State is in action in Augusta at Forest Hills. Golf club for the Haskins Award Invitational. Right now, they're they're in seventh place at two under, one shot behind Texas. Um, Florida, who is the twelfth ranked team in the country, is twenty six under. OSU is two under. Uh, Illinois is up there at twenty one under. Virginia, uh, East Tennessee, all ranked teams up there in the top four. UCF is actually in fifth right now, and then Texas, and then Oklahoma State. Uh, right now, it seems like uh, uh, Rasmus Niergaard-Peterson is playing the best for them, tied for ninth at four under. But guys, real quick, I, I do want to mention the Oklahoma Sooners. They got a win at the good win, uh, is the name of the golf tournament, at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco against a great field. Uh, they they were playing against six other ranked teams in this event in the top uh, 50 and they go out there they shoot 18 under par and not only do they win as a team but Ben Lorenz wins the golf tournament individually as a five man 68 66 67 for a final round uh for a final tournament score of 201 goes out there and wins the golf tournament um over Georgia Tech's one bag Christo Lemprecht and so it's going to be really interesting T-Dub we've talked Quite a bit about how, the, how OU hasn't really figured out their exact lineup that they want uh, to put out there. It seems like their individuals consistently have played better than the guys they put in the starting lineup. But this week, Ryan Hibble got it right. And Ben Lorenz, the five man, goes out there and wins individually and carries his team to a win.
0: Yeah,
5: really, he really did, in all honesty. They just played some actually great golf, shooting six under in the final round. Patrick Welch actually came back from, from a pretty bad 75 in the first round, going 66-65. I think that really helped their team a lot. Stephen Campbell Jr. also finishing in the top 16 as well. And, yeah, I, I think they're finally getting a, a top five going on. They took Matthew Troutman as an individual. He finished 48. So maybe this, uh, this top five that they have right now, Sam, I think what they need going forward. And the thing that we talk about all the time in college golf is timing, right? And it seems like that – it's you'd rather be playing your good golf in April as opposed to March because you're getting a little bit closer to nationals. It seems like they are. And just what absolutely was a loaded field, being Georgia Tech, Stanford, uh, Cal, San Francisco, USC, Oregon. I mean, it was just absolutely deep field. So, yeah, uh, an awesome win for Ryan Hibble and his crew and something they can definitely build on in the coming weeks leading up to Big 12 championship and then in the
3: regionals. No doubt about it. We got to take a break here on the 73rd hole radio show. We might talk a little bit more about Oklahoma State being in Augusta when we get back, but we're also going to talk about some different players' favorite traditions, um, and we're also going to get some quotes from the players on the changes that have been made to the golf course uh, here for this year's Masters coming up after the break on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf. But before we hit the break, Dad, tell the people about the great sponsors uh, that help you get down to Augusta every year.
2: You bet. Golf USA, Interurban Restaurants, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Air Comfort Solutions. And Interurban Restaurants has locations all across Oklahoma. The Herbs, 47 years and counting. Great people, great food. Check them out this spring, including their Interurban Restaurant Groups, Packard's American Kitchen in Midtown. Delicious spring menu items, spectacular rooftop view, and one of OKC's best Saturday-Sunday brunches at The Herb, the Interurban Restaurant. More Taylor Williams and Craig Humphreys
3: live from Augusta National. This is Sam Humphreys here on Oklahoma's Leader in Golf, the Sports Animal. Hello, golfers. Any golfers here?
1: Now live on WWLS, the Sports Animal, this is the 73rd Hole with Sam Humphreys.
2: I'm Tiger Woods. I'm Tiger Woods. Sam.
1: Oklahoma's premier golf show giving you insider access and interviews to golf in the state of Oklahoma and on the PGA Tour. Good shot. It's the 73rd hole. I love (laughs) y'all. On 98.1 FM, WWLS, the sports animal. WWLS, the sports animal. Live from Augusta National with Craig Humphreys. Proudly sponsored by Air Comfort Solutions. The Interurban Restaurants. Golf USA and Buffalo Wild Wings on the Northwest Expressway.
3: That is right. This is hour two of our Masters coverage on the 73rd hole Radio Show. Taylor Williams, Craig Humphreys live from Augusta and Sam Humphreys here in studio. Taylor Williams will be live from Augusta later on in the week. As will I. We cannot wait to get down there to Augusta. My dad, the hump Man, Craig Humphreys, is already there. And, Dad, I, I think you told me that you have a few quotes from some guys that are talking about the changes that have been made at Augusta National. And mainly, the main change that will be most obvious to golf fans is the T box, the new T box being built on number thirteen. And before you play those clips, T Dub, I gotta ask you, you know, being the golf historian you are and the and the kind of golf architecture nerd that you are, do you like the change moving that T box back? What what is it, thirty yards, Dad? How many yards is it exactly?
2: 35. 35 yards. The the capability of going back that far. They they won't do that all the time, obviously.
3: Right. And and so, T-Dub, what are your thoughts on this change uh, before we hear some of the opinions from the players? Just my opinion, T-Dub, I don't think it changes the hole that much. All it changes is... That guys aren't able to sling a driver around that corner anymore, and you can't take it up over the trees. It looks like the trees are too close. So, you're going to just, uh, to be honest, you're going to see, even though they made it longer, you're probably going to see more Three Woods hit out to the right and just some longer clubs hit into the green, which I think might make it less entertaining and a little more, uh, a little less achievable to make an Eagle coming down the stretch on Sunday, T-Dub. I don't know if I love it. I, I didn't really find a huge problem with it in the first place.
5: Well, I think in theory it's probably a good idea because, like, what was it, 2014 when Bubba just took the huge slice drive over and had 90 yards in the green? Like, okay, we probably don't need to be seeing that on that hole. That kind of ruins it a little bit. But at the same time, I think this year is going to be interesting, as Huntman was alluding to earlier with the forecast. I mean, the temperature is going to drop pretty steadily over the weekend. And that's one thing that last year for – a. one of the changes Augusta made was lengthening the 15th hole. And last year was the first year and maybe ever that there was not an Eagle that that happened on that hole. And that's something that I think really took away from the drama, of, especially when the placement of where that hole occurs in the round. And that's, that's what it's all about, right? The back nine is the par fives. Obviously you have amen corner there and 13 part of that. And I don't know. I think Sam's exactly right on the fact that if you're going to see a lot more three woods off there. Cause it's going to be a bigger emphasis on being able to hit a draw now around there, which is a lot easier to do than three wood as opposed to a driver. So I think that in principle, I think it's a good change, Sam. But this year, especially with the weather, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how how it plays because if it gets a, a similar reputation as 15 did last year, I think that's going to be a bad look for the uh, two mainstay par fives on this course.
3: What have T- you been T-W- hearing down there, Dad? Yeah. I mean, thumbs up or well, thumbs down from all the players.
2: Okay, I think I, I'm going to read these quotes here in a second, but uh, uh, first I want to talk about what T-Dub said about the wind because the wind was a big factor last year and not having the Eagles at 15 because normally the predominant winds out of the South, if it's a South win – you know the 13 and 15 are going to play downwind, be easier to reach. But like right now, I read you the forecast earlier uh, for Friday and Saturday. It's northeast wind gusting to 20 miles an hour uh, each of those days on Friday and Saturday, and so that makes it a little tougher, especially 15, 13. I mean, you can reach, uh, but but it, on on 13, what? a lot of the golfers are complaining about is now they're going to have to hit the four or five iron to get in. A lot of these guys used to hitting, you know, a a seven, eight iron into that hole, and and now they're going to have to hit a four or five iron. Okay, here's what a lot of the golfers had to say. And like I said, they're pretty split, and, and a lot of the longer hitters, they don't like the changes. A lot of the shorter hitters do. Uh, they they basically ask if if you were in charge would you have changed the thirteenth hole? Keegan Bradley said probably not. Sam Burns said I don't like it after being lengthened. You know it, it's probably you know good to have that tee in case it plays downwind, but not sure that they'll use it that much. All right. Uh, Stuart Sink said I did hit a nine iron in there in 2021, so something had to be done. Uh Corey Connor said I liked it the way it was. Harris English. Harris English had a good answer. I thought he said that hole was built to be a driver and a either a from two twenty to two thirty-five for your second shot. It wasn't meant for guys to be hitting wedge. He said, So I get it, you know, starting this year we're gonna be hitting four iron off a sloping lie, and that's a big deal. Uh is he said, You're gonna have to lay up again. I was talking to a member up near the clubhouse earlier this morning. And, you know, he, he's a guy that shot even par around this course uh, before, so he's a good player. And he said the big thing is not so much the distance, it's where they're going to be driving to now, and it's it's that fairway is severely sloped in that area. So when you're talking about hitting a, a four or 5 T tee-dub off a hanging lie, that is going to be the big deal on 13. But let me read a few other quotes. Tony Finau said, nope, if I, I wouldn't have if I was in charge. You know, he, he said, but after played, playing it, he said, I actually think the changes are a lot better than I thought they would be. Kistner said the same thing. He said, you know what? I was totally against it until I played it. I don't think it's going to be that bad. You know, if, if we catch it straight into the wind, I'm not sure you can get around the corner. But it's a par five, so you can lay up. He said the Bombers probably can get home with a five or six. All right. Tommy Fleetwood said, I think they took an amazing risk reward hole and turned it into a three-shotter for the majority of the field. Jim Furyk says, I'll give you the smart aleck answer. I wouldn't have changed it because I'm not sure I can get to the corner anymore. You know, Max Homa says, I think I like what they did. You know, I don't think I would have thought to, to do that. Nicholas, of course, said, I, I think they probably needed it. I think what they've tried to do is correct. Billy Horschel said, nope, I've said it for a long time. I think 13 is the best par five in the world. Victor Hovland said, nope. Uh, I, I, I didn't think it was possible to go over the trees on the left unless you really rope hooked it. And if you did that, you deserve the reward, Hovland said. Immelman said, I agree with it, adding the length, as long as 70% still go for it in two. All right? Um, Matt Kuchar said, yeah, you need to go back to where you couldn't get it over the trees. It's one thing to go around the trees, but that's not how the hole was intended to be played, to go over the trees. Gary Player said, I'm against making golf courses longer. You know, they got to cut the ball back. You guys have talked about that for professional play is what Player said. Shoffley said, probably not. He said, with that tree growing taller on the left, you had to hit a special drive. He goes, I remember I've hit a few good drives where I've had eight or nine iron in one time. You know, I went through the tree one time, which was lucky. But he said, I would have left it alone, Shafley said. Scheffler said, I usually hit a big hook and three wood off that tee. Now I have to hit a a, a driver on a little bit different angle. And he said, now you're hitting into that slope in the fairway where you're going to be ripping three iron into that green. So he said, I can see more guys laying up. Adam Scott said, nope. I I try not to change the place too much. Jordan Spieth said, I think it would have been a better hole. You know, if anything, he said, I would have moved the tee further toward the 12 green where there was more risk-reward. He goes, what I hear is there's no way to get around the corner now. He goes, that's fine with me. It's It makes the second shot the same for everybody. Justin Thomas said, I think it's going to be a better hole. He goes, the trees hang so much you had to have a perfect win or be one of those five guys that can hit it 25 yards past everyone else. So he said a lot of good shots went through the fairway into the pine st- straw where you had to chip out. Now if you hang it out there, uh, you know, you're going to have to think about going for it with a five wood. Uh, Zalatora said, I've played that hole terribly in my two years. I need to play it better. So that's just a, a few of the quotes from the players about the changes at 13.
3: No, that's that's really good stuff. One, one of them kind of sticks out. Gary Player hasn't had much uh, <laughs> much positive things to say this week, but we won't get into that on this show. Uh, Be respectful to Augusta National (laughs) and everything. And and by the way, Gary Player just needs to be quiet is all I'll say about that. Um, But anyways, no, a lot of great quotes there, T-Dub. And what kind of pops into my mind is the changes they made at 15, making 15 longer. And I thought that, you know, I think I like those holes better when they have the shorter irons in their hands, just because of the big swings that can happen at the end of the golf tournament. How would you kind of compare this change? Albeit, we haven't seen it in competition yet at 13 to the one they made at 15.
5: Yeah, I, I think the big difference in, in this one is that with with 15, it was just the extra distance that made it almost impossible to get to the green because as Huntman was alluding to earlier with the wind. With this change, it's only 35 yards, but it's more so the, the overhanging trees as you guys have been alluding to because. That extra 35 yards now all of a sudden can probably make it closer to 60 yards in theory because you have to take off a, a lot of the corner. It's not necessarily a straight line right at the green as some players were able to take. So, yeah, I think there is a little bit of change there. I still think players will still be able to get to this green. More likely it's not going to be like last year on 15 where 90% of the field laying up or something like that. I think there will still be that. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot harder shot now hitting a four iron off, off, of that, off that side hill slope as opposed to a seven or eight iron or even a wedge for some of these guys, and I think you'll see, like, if players do hit it into the pine straw, it's going to be in the pine straw more to the right as opposed to further up, so it may may even make their layups harder. So I'll be very interested to see what the overall scoring average is on 13 compared to the past few years because – as you were saying earlier, Sam, the great thing is the volatility in those holes. You can make an eagle or else you can make a double, and I think that if you have more people laying up, you're going to have less eagles, and you're also going to have less doubles because you're going to have less penalty shots there, so I'll be interested to see what the volatility on that hole is like because, as uh, as I think Billy Horschel was the one who said, I don't agree with much of what Billy Horschel said, but I do agree that it's one of the best, if not the best, par five in the world, so anytime you make a change, you need to be a little bit skeptical of it, but uh, as I was saying earlier, I think in theory it's good, I just need to see how how it works out practically now
3: and dad i do think it's interesting when you read those quotes we talked a lot over the past couple of weeks about the distance debate and how you know jack nicholas and uh, other older players and and former players on the pga tour have kind of been advocating the usga and the rna to roll the golf ball back it's kind of interesting when you read those quotes from different players how it kind of correlates the guys that Don't like the change are not for rolling the ball back, and the guys that do like the change are for rolling the golf ball back. I think that that's kind of interesting. What are your thoughts about you know rolling the golf ball back as in in comparison to the thirteenth hole at Augusta? Because I feel like um, you know them making this change had a big influence on them wanting to roll the golf ball back at the most famous par five in golf.
2: Yeah, Sam, and it's it, it's funny. I mean, I heard your show the other day where you guys talked about that, and I know you, you guys are totally against rolling golf ball back. But I I, I have said I have agreed with Jack Nicholas over the years that that's the only way, really, you know, to if if you're going to make changes for the for the tournament players, for the best players in the world, and. Because let's be honest, it's not the everyday Joe that can go out there and hit the ball these distances. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously it doesn't need to be changed uh, for the general public. Uh, but but for these guys, I do think 13 is a good example of a hole that is not playing the way that it was intended to play because of technology. I, I will say that. That hole was not designed to be hitting eight and nine irons into the green. Like Harris English said, it was designed to be a driver and a either a 220 to 235-yard shot. But it's, it's like Adam uh, uh, Shupak said in his article. He writes for Golf Week, and they ran it in the Augusta Chronicle. that he said... You know, basically talking about, in the words of Bobby Jones, who assisted Alistair McKenzie in the design, it originally measured at 480 yards when in the 34 Masters, okay, it played to 510 yards last year, now they've added, you know, 35 yards, it's a 545 yard hole now that originally measured 480, so... I, I don't know. It's just it, It's just it is one of the iconic holes, and I understand what what Horschel is saying, what T is saying, and so forth. You you hate to mess with something that has been, you know, uh, that great of a hole. But on the other hand, I do like to see a, a risk reward put into it. And to me, just when guys are routinely hitting the green with a seven iron, that's not risk reward. Risk reward to me is can I hit this this four iron off the hanging lie. You know, that's that's kind of the way I look at it.
3: And we can dive more into that on the 73rd Hole Podcast. We're going to do a full, uh, you know, preview and go through every player and every hole on the golf course on the 73rd Hole Podcast on Tuesday evening once T-Dub is down there live at Augusta you know, you guys have to go subscribe to the 73rd hole. We're going to have so much great content on the podcast, uh, you know, subscribe on, on Spotify and hit follow on Apple. And then it's on the dot com as well as golfoklahoma.org And you can follow us at the 73rd hole on Twitter and at 73rd, on instagram you can follow taylor williams at t underscore williams 101 and me at sam humphreys 34 throughout the week on twitter we'll be giving you guys great content live from augusta all week guys we have tons of storylines this week at augusta national and i'm gonna let you guys pick what we want to talk about coming up here after the break on oklahoma's leader in golf The Sports
1: Animal. WWLS, The Sports Animal. Live from Augusta National with Craig Humphreys. Proudly sponsored by Air Comfort Solutions. The Interurban Restaurants. Golf USA and Buffalo Wild Wings on the Northwest Expressway.
3: That is right. It's Christmas morning for golf fans here on the 73rd Hole Radio Show. Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, and the Humpman live from Augusta National. Before we get into anything else, uh, Dad, tell the people about the great sponsors you have down there at Augusta National.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Golf USA, Interurban Restaurants, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Air Comfort Solutions. And Sam, you're right across the street from our man Ed Lynn and Buffalo Wild Wings on Northwest Expressway. Uh, not a bad seat in the house. Uh, you want watch every shot of this year's first major. At Ed Lynn's Buffalo Wild Wings on Northwest Expressway, right across the street from Lake Hefner Golf and the Sports Animal.
1: No
3: doubt. Get out to Buffalo Wild Wings tomorrow and watch UConn take on San Diego State. Uh, T-Dub, I got a question for you. And you know it's a different week at the Masters when Tiger Woods might not be the number one story in the game of golf headed into this week. Let me list out some storylines, and then you just roll with whatever story you want to and which one you think is the biggest. Number one, I'll say... One of the biggest storylines is Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and John Rahm battling it out throughout the start of the year on the PGA Tour, transitioning from the number one in the world. Now John Rahm, who was playing great golf at the start of the year, was number one. Now Scotty's number one, and now Rory plays great at the match play last week, looks to found something with the driver and the putter using the new blade putter. That's one of the storylines. You obviously have Tiger, seeing Tiger for the first time since Riviera. You have Phil Mickelson returning to Augusta. uh, And you have, speaking of Phil Mickelson, the Liv guys playing against the top PGA Tour players for the first time this year. What do you think the biggest storyline is? And then let's talk a little bit about that.
5: I mean, it just seems like there's always something going on around Masters Week. It Just just for the anticipation of it this year, it seems like there's even more so just from all the things that you really just mentioned. For me, Tiger, I think, is still the biggest story just because, I mean, is he going to show a little bit of form to show that he can have one more good run in him at some point? I think that's what all of us golf fans, especially Tiger fans, are warning him particularly. But you also mentioned as well the big three shootout. You got Scotty, Rory, and Rom. Rory's going through uh, putter changes, a little bit of driver shaft changes as well. And he's competing to be only the sixth player all time to win the career Grand Slam. So I think that, that obviously has to be uh, probably the storyline out of those three guys. Maybe you can look at Scotty Sheffers probably playing the best currently. So is he going to be one of the uh, – I think there's only been three other players to ever successfully defend their title at Augustus. you got to look at that. And then also, too, something that's crazy is that this is the first time we're going to see Phil at Augusta since he won the PGA Championship. I mean, is that not just crazy – to think about it and is. just see what his re- his reception will be like and, and what all the uh, other live players' reception will be like as well. So, yeah, I think you're right, Sam, just to really pick one storyline out of that's hard. For me, I would kind of rank him in the – I would go Tiger 1, Rory Grand Slam 2, uh, fill three shepherd four, somewhere around there. But, uh, I I think there's even more stuff that we haven't even talked about that left. In fact, it's going to be just an exhilarating, uh, tournament. Hopefully by the forecast, we just don't get a, uh, washout.
3: Dad, let's talk about tiger really quick because we haven't seen him since the Genesis invitational where he finished 45th. Um, things some things looked really good his speed was still there with the driver now his distance control at times was not good but on the weekend it was actually pretty good um on the first day his distance control coming down the stretch was really good burning the last few holes and then you also saw some mental mistakes just from him not playing competitive golf very much anymore like putting it into the bunker on on you know the hole with the bunker in the middle of the green at, at Riviera and so What do you think we will see from Tiger Woods? I'll just tell you straight up. I think a successful week for Tiger Woods would be for him to play 72 holes and make the cut. I don't expect Tiger to be in contention this week, but who knows? He's Tiger Woods, and we haven't seen him at Augusta. Um, Obviously, we saw him last year, uh, finished 47th, but the putter was not cooperating. We didn't see him in 2021. He finished tied for 38th in 2020 um, for the COVID Masters after winning in 2019. What are your thoughts on what we might see from the GOAT this week?
2: Yeah, that's the crazy thing is that Tiger's now 47. And Jack won here, of course, at age 46. And it's hard to believe it's been four years since since Tiger did win here in 2019. But like you said, Sam, last year when he made the cut here, it was his 22nd straight Masters cut that he's made. And so, you know, to me, that's kind of what it is. A a good week, like you said, would be making the cut and playing 72 holes. Last year he made the cut here. He also made the cut at Southern Hills. Now, he didn't play the 72 holes at Southern Hills, uh, but he did make the cut. Uh, and then like you said when um, when he uh, played at um, you know obviously at, at Riviera in, in uh, February um he he made the cut there uh, but but didn't have a great finish and so um yeah uh, to me a lot of parts of his game are there like you say but it's just a, the challenge of not only the challenge of walking the 72 holes but the challenge of playing In a major championship, when you have very little preparation, as far as tournament golf, playing tournaments, obviously he's going to practice a lot, but it's not the same as playing tournament golf, as you always talk about, and so, I don't know, but to me, I put Tiger down the list on the storylines, because I think you guys hit on it when you said, it, it's the top three in the world right now, especially the way they're playing, especially with uh, Scotty Scheffler moving back up to number one in the official world of golf uh, rankings on March twelfth with the runaway win at the Players Championship. So the odds makers have Scheffler, who's now six time winner on the tour, as the favorite this year. All right, they list him at eight to one. All right, they got Rom, who's number two in the world, at nine to one. They got Rory at ten to one. They list it like that. But to me, I, the storyline the story of how Rory is playing and going after the Grand Slam and the storyline that we've talked about for many years now because his last major was in 2014, so almost nine years ago, um, that around Rory, I think around any player, I think there's probably more attention around Rory than any other player this week. Some people might disagree and say Scotty Scheffler because he's defending champ and he's on this role and back to number one in the world. But Rory's also been playing some very good golf, and he does have the chance to win that Grand Slam. And then Rahm, and who would have thought that Rom would be the number three on that list of, of storylines the way that he was playing earlier in the year. But he's cooled off a little bit after that hot start with the wins in Maui and, and, and La Quinta early this year. He was still playing well, what, tied for seventh in San Diego, at Torrey Pines, of course, that he loves, and, and was third in Phoenix, and so uh, that storyline to me is number one, the top three in the world. The the live golfers is number two, and not so much the live controversy. It's like you said, the return of Phil. Uh, that, that especially if Kepka were to come in here off of a win uh, this week, uh, you know, you got the not only the former champions, and there's always you know controversy around Patrick Reed and so forth. But the others, like your, the guys who have not won here at Augusta National, like DeChambeau is always a big story, Kepka, Cam Smith, as we talked, Cam Smith, his track record here at Augusta is kind of like Phil's track record was when he was up among the top three for so many years before he finally broke through and won. And so, to me, those are the top storylines, even above Tiger this week. It's hard for me to say.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. And don't forget to mention Joaquin Neiman or or Gooch when we talk about those live guys. I feel like they have a great chance to make some noise as well. A final group here, no doubt about it. No years ago, yeah, no doubt. And T Dub, I want to circle back to the Rom Scheffler, Rory discussion because at the start of the year, I mean, John Rom was the best player in the world by far, winning the Spanish Open before the CJ Cup and then won the DP World Tour Championship, won the Century, won the American Express, like my dad said, finished uh, third at Phoenix and then won the Genesis Invitational. But since then, T-Dub, he's gone tied for 39th, withdraw, and then tied for 31st. And I feel like it's because he's not trusting the driver. The driver hasn't really been cooperating. I think he's aiming too far left with his lower body and has been double-crossing some of those beautiful fades that he likes to hit off the tee. So I can't believe I'm saying this, T-Dub, but I would rank out of those three guys the best chance to win at Augusta this week. I would rank it Rory number one after what I saw him do at the match play last week it looked like he figured out the driver the shorter driver shaft it was still going just as far but a whole lot straighter than it had been he has that confidence with that tailor-made driver that we know he was saying some stuff publicly that he wasn't very confident with the tailor-made driver um but then you talk about scotty scheffler it would be historic for him to win back-to-back masters and then I just crossed John Rahm off the list because of what I've seen in the last three weeks. I can't believe I'm saying it, T-Dub, but Rory McIlroy, to me, out of those three guys, has the best chance to win this week and complete the Grand Slam.
5: It's definitely a topic of conversation for sure because, as you said earlier, Rom. considering that we would think that he'd be third on this list, is absolute preposterous because you also think, you mentioned this 39th at the Arnold Palmer Remember he was leading after the first round. what did he shoot? Six or seven under out there? Right. And he just That's it looked right, like he was UW. gonna dominate again. Yes. And and then something Whatever's happened since then, he just hasn't been the same. Sam's been really spot on with what he's doing with his driver, really aiming a little too far left. His shoulders are getting too far open. I think it's caused some problems. But he's had an exceptionally great record at Augusta. He's played here six times. His worst finish in those six is uh, uh, tied 27th. He has a fourth, a fifth, a seventh, and a ninth in there. So another one of those guys that just kind of finds form coming down Magnolia Lane as well. Scotty Scheffler, though, he's just been on an immaculate run, even similar to what uh, Ron was doing earlier. Since the CJ Cup last year in October, Here, Scotty Scheffler's finishes. Third, ninth, second, seventh, 11th, win, 12th, fourth, win, fourth. So, I mean, he's just been playing exceptionally well. Rory in there ha- has had some ups and downs. He looks like he's finding the form, uh, finished third in the Dell Technologies match play, finished second at the Alna Palmer, but he had one of the worst short games I've ever seen from a top five player in the world at the Players' Championship. It was just abysmal. And then his putting was really bad the uh, first two events over on the PJ tour since he was playing over in Europe to start the year. So I and I, I think there's a lot of pressure as Huntman was saying about the career Grand Slam. That that I do I don't think people can comprehend how elite that puts you in the grand scheme of golf. I think Rory if he wins the Masters at any point in his career, I think he'd be vaulted into a top five player of all time. And if he doesn't get that, I don't think you can really put him up in that category. So a lot of pressure right there. I think even more so more pressure on Rory to win the Grand Slam as opposed to Sheffield winning back to back. That's why if I had to rank him Sam I'd go Sheffield Scheffler one, Rory 2, Rom 3, which a month ago would be crazy to put him in that order.
3: Hey, I don't blame you for putting Scheffler one. I just, I think it would be historic if he won back to back. But obviously, the best ball striker on the PGA Tour so far this year is Scotty Scheffler. Guys, one of the other storylines that we kind of glossed over, we mentioned it real quick, but let me just let you guys imagine real quick a world where phil mickelson is in contention this week imagine if that actually happened now he has really no form headed into this week he finished 27th in mayakoba finished 32nd in tucson um, missed the cut at the saudi international those are his three tournaments he's played so far this year Um, but he did finish 21st last time we saw him at augusta national that was in 2021 obviously didn't play last year with everything going on Um, but T-Dub, I got to ask, I mean, what would that be like? And and how do you think that Phil is going to actually be received in reality?
5: I think he'll be received fairly well. I think time heals all wounds. And I think if he would have showed up last year at this time, it would have been a little bit different, just as you mentioned with everything going on. But uh, I think he'll be received fairly well. And then if somehow by the grace of God, he did get in contention, I think he'd be received even warmer there. I think it would be one of the craziest and feel-good stories ever. Like, a lot of people would say, well, maybe not, but I think it absolutely would be if he just got up there. I mean, he's almost 53 years old, guys. And, I mean, to see what we saw at Kiwa a few years ago was just absolutely crazy, and to think that he would do it now – would be even more crazy because the form is just not there whatsoever. He, he's hitting the ball so inaccurate off the tee. His iron play isn't good, and he's always been a fairly streaky putter. So the short game will always be there for Phil, but uh, I don't know, Sam. I just think that there's there's really just too much going on on Phil's plate, and I think a more realistic scenario would be that he's fighting on the cut line and maybe he can get to the weekend. But if you had to if you had to tell me right now, would you pick Phil to make the cut or miss the cut? I, I would
3: take
2: miss the cut as, as it is to say.
3: I think I agree with you on that. Dad, what's the vibe okay. like at Augusta I would, for people I talking say, about Phil Mickelson?
2: Yeah, on, on Mickelson, I, it, it's hard for me to predict him uh, to miss the cut. I understand what T-Dub what is just spitting the truth there, but I, I just compare Mickelson to like a, a Freddie Couples. You know, Couples and guys like Ray, Ray Floyd almost won here in his late 40s a couple times, all right? and and, and competed in his early 50s, just like couples competed a few times in in his early 50s. He's now 63 years old. I'm just saying Phil is not too old. For his track record, guys, nine top threes. This is just here at Augusta National. I'm not talking majors. I'm talking here in Augusta. Nine top threes, 11 top fives, 15 top tens. 20 top 25. I mean, the guy, yeah, he's won three times. But the more important thing, he, he finished third here in 96, 2001, 2, 3, and 12. Finished third three straight years. This is before he ever won, finally, in 2004. The guy has an amazing track record around here. So I'm. it's his 30th Masters. I know he's getting older, but 52 is not too I, – I don't count him out. I'm not picking him to win or anything. I'm just saying I'm not going to be shocked – if he jumps up and is in contention after a couple of rounds at least.
3: Man, I would love to see it, but he hasn't finished in the top 20 at Augusta since 2016. So it, it it would be a shock, but at the same time, I see what you're saying where it's a horse for course scenario where at it's Augusta National somewhere. it might. <laughs> no, I mean, at Augusta National experience means more than probably yeah. any, other, any other course or any other tournament. So uh, that's really interesting. We need to take a break, but after the break – uh, Dad, you have a couple quotes on some traditions at Augusta National and, and a lot of players talking about their favorite traditions at the tradition unlike any other. We'll get to that. This is Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, and Craig Humphreys live from Augusta. Dad, go ahead and tell the people about the great sponsors that helped you get down to Augusta.
2: You bet. Golf USA, interurban restaurants, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings on Northwest Expressway, and also Air Comfort Solutions, and they have the ACS $69 AC tune-up. Make sure your system is teed up, ready for the summer. Make the winning call in the LKC Metro. It's 405-721-3740 in the Tulsa area, 918-743-2300, or check them out online at aircomfortsolutions.net. More from Craig
3: Humphreys live from Augusta and Taylor Williams, and this is Sam Humphreys on the 73rd Hull Radio Show right after this break on Oklahoma's leader in golf, the sports animal.
1: WWLS, the sports animal. Live from Augusta National with Craig Humphreys. Proudly sponsored by Air Comfort Solutions, the interurban restaurants, Golf USA and Buffalo Wild Wings on the Northwest Expressway.
3: And we are back here for one final segment on the 73rd hole radio show. One of the best parts about Masters Week are Masters pools and different things that people do with their buddies, whether they you know, go out and play a golf tournament and pick a player and all that stuff. Well, you have to know some things about these players, and you need to listen to the 73rd hole preview on Tuesday evening. We will go over every single player in the golf tournament and give their chances to win to you guys to try to help you make the best picks for this week. I mean, it's Augusta and, and everybody everybody's in Masters pools, and so we want to help you guys out. So we are going to do a massive players, uh, a massive Masters preview, talking about the players in the event on Tuesday evening, and you can Get that notification when that episode drops. If you subscribe on Spotify or hit that follow button on Apple, it's absolutely free, um, but it will send you a notification whenever we drop that new episode. You can also find it on GolfOklahoma.org and right here on the Uh, Deb, before the break, I teased that you have some information on some of these players' favorite t- traditions at Augusta National. Um, what What are you talking about there?
2: Okay, uh, before I get to the traditions of the players, yesterday I was I was in the uh, the shuttle and the golf cart going down to to the uh, merchandise tent, and there was a lady that works here, and and her job is to take pictures of the people at, at uh, Founder Circle, I, I, I think they call it, but you know where they have the, the the Masters logo and the flowers and so forth with the you know uh, flag step. You know, planted in Augusta, Georgia, and so forth, a, a yellow silhouette of the continental United States with the flag on top, the Master's logo. And people, you know, go get their pictures taken there, you know, with right in front of the Master's logo. Right. They line up to do it. That, it's one of the traditions. And she told me there had been four proposals yesterday. I've never thought of that. As long as I've been coming down here, people go there to propose. <laughs> I, I should have uh, thought of that. Yeah, in front of in front of that. So anyway, well, Sam, you did it on the pitcher's mound there at, at the Hall of Fame Stadium. That wasn't OKC. bad. Wasn't bad. Okay, wasn't a bad one. Anyway, so that's one tradition I've never even thought of. So anyway, they ran a piece in the Augusta Chronicle talking about the Masters players. What are the favorite uh, traditions of the players themselves? Like Sam Burns said. Last year was his first as a player, but growing up on Master Sunday, I mean, they'd all go to church, then get on the couch as soon as the TV coverage started for the uh, final round. Tony Finau had one of the best ones. He says, I usually have my family with me, and we get a house, have a chef for the week. Now, T-Dub, I have no chef where I stay, all right? I (laughs) I can give you some skinny popcorn and some Diet A&W root beer or whatever, but anyway, Tony has the chef for the week. And he said, we give him a menu of items we like to eat. And he said, we like to eat good. Last year, we had about 12 people with us, you know, anywhere between 10 and 15 normally. He said, I try to play nine holes Monday through Wednesday, do the part three. I love it. He said, the other is... We hit the Waffle House two or three times during the week.
3: That's beautiful.
2: (laughs) I love that. I've never thought of that as a master's tradition. So if you go into a Waffle House here in Augusta this week, you might see Tony Fina. He's going to be here tonight, right here in this arena for – Uh, for the big uh, video game. But anyway, uh, a lot of people, a lot of them mentioned the Par 3, obviously. Max Homa says, you know, we have four or five of my friends that come with me. Nice to have them. And he said, we play board games at the house. He goes, that never happens in a normal tournament week, but that's what we do Masters week, all right? Tommy Fleetwood said, it usually coincides with my stepson's birthday, so we always try to have breakfast in the library. Jim Jim Furyk says, we always – brought people in because it's such a unique experience and it's so hard to attend the Masters. It's a way to bring in folks that we would really care about. Bring them in. Uh, Horschel mentions par 3. Uh, Jack Nicklaus mentions the drive down Magnolia Lane for the Champions Dinner on Tuesday. Hovland says skipping it across the pond on 16 uh, in, in the practice rounds. Zach Johnson said, if I don't play the week before, I always take a guest and I always buy that individual a tie. All right, And then my wife and I try to make the week you know, extra special. Have a chef, you know, from back home who cooks for him every night. Kuchar says he's always one of the last ones to arrive. Now, he's he's got a to win today to qualify to be here this year. But he said I was always one of the last to arrive on Tuesday, midday, get one of the last par three tee times. All right, here's your man Gary Player, guys. He says... He goes, my first master's was in 1957. My father wrote to Clifford Roberts after I won a tournament in England inquiring about an invitation, and he replied, pack your bags. And he says, I had heard so much about Augusta National, so when I arrived, I got out of the car at the top of Magnolia Lane, and I walked down to the clubhouse taking it all in. And he says, I still make that walk every year to show my gratitude. Uh, so that's what Gary Player had to say. And Adam Scott says, as a past champion, I'm allowed to bring a guest and play uh, with my dad on the Sunday before. Uh, today they won't let us out on the golf course. They, they let us up in the area around the 18 Green and Clubhouse and that area around the first tee. But not out on the golf course because a lot of the players they can, especially past champions, can bring guests today, and that's what they do on the Sunday before. Here's Jordan Spieth, guys. Jordan Spieth says, Monday afternoon I normally have a whiskey with my caddy Michael Greller in the champions locker room on the upstairs balcony.
3: That's, no, that's how cool.
2: <laughs> that's how he celebrates. That is it. cool. Uh, so and and then Justin Thomas says I usually invite three of my best buddies to come and he says unfortunately with age and life changing they can't always come but I always ask them. And Will Zalatoris says having dinner with my wife the day before we leave. That's his favorite Masters tradition. So just that, a few of the players.
3: That's great stuff. T-Dub, do you have any traditions? Obviously, this year it's going to be a little different. You're going to be there, um. but do you have any traditions you normally like to do or, do or other traditions that the Masters does that you really like?
5: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it. it, it this is a whole week endeavor, right? I mean, Monday, you turn on the live from in the evenings, and hopefully it's not going to be like it was the last few majors last year, where all I talk about is the politics of golf, and we can actually embrace the tournament. So hopefully, because that's one of the things I loved about it. And then obviously, at the part three contest on Wednesdays, usually watching it, not going to have to watch it uh, on TV this year, going to be there in person, which is going to be 80 million times better. But guys. One of my favorite things to do is on Thursday mornings. You load up the Masters dot com or the Masters app, wherever you're loading it. You get the you get the four or five screens going. You'll have you'll have one screen on the range. You'll have one screen on Amen Corner. You'll have you, then you'll have your other box down here that's like on 15 and 16. But you have to kind of wait for that one to come on. But as soon as it does, you know there's going to be even more golf being shown. And then, to me, guys, Saturday has always been my favorite day of the Masters because obviously Sunday there's all the drama and all that, but it's kind of like the, it's kind of like Christmas night where it's like, okay, well now I have to wait 364 more days now for this to happen. So for me, Saturday <laughs> has always been the best because there's always moving day. You always get the beautiful scenery. It's kind of when the, you know the tournament really, really the tournament really doesn't start until Sunday afternoon on the back nine, but that's kind of when you figure out who's going to be up at the top, who are the guys winning it. And then on Sunday, you usually watch it with, with friends and family and you get the camaraderie going on. You just embrace the whole experience. So I think what a lot of people get missed true to the Masters week is that it, it is that. It is a full week. It is Monday through Sunday of just loving everything about golf and life, and uh, as I mentioned a thousand times, and I will say, it is the best week in all of golf and all of life, and it can't get any better than this, guys.
3: Tw, you make a great point about the Masters app, re-downloading it. I don't ever delete it. Some some nights in the middle of the winter, I'll look at that app and be like, it's almost April. It's almost April. And then the NCAA tournament rolls around. You download the tournament challenge app, and you know that it's time to update that Masters app. But, Dad, I mean, for me, traditions with Augusta National, I mean, everyone always says the famous football quote, it's, it's faith, family, and football. I mean, if we were a football f- or now we're a golf family, it's, it's golf. I mean, it's faith, family, and, and, and then obviously the Masters, Dad. I'm, I'm saying it's a way of life in our family. I grew up, you know, listening to you talk about the Masters year in and year out. How many Masters is this for you, by the way? And, and what are your, what are some of your favorite t- traditions at Augusta, at Augusta National, Dad?
2: Well, and, and obvious, this is number 34 for me, number 34 out of 36, 1988, Sandy Lyle uh, hitting the 7-iron out, out of the fairway bunker at number 18. That was my first Masters. Uh, and, and, of course, I didn't get to come the two years uh, during COVID in the, the 20 and 21 Masters. But, no, it's just, hey, listen, there's nothing like your first time down here. That's why I'm so excited for T-Dub and Randy uh, coming down this week uh, on Wednesday. Uh, but, um yeah, there's it's it's just it, it's it is a, a tradition unlike any other. I mean, and, and this year we're going to have a Master Sunday coinciding with Easter for the first time since 2012. Bubba Watson was the last champion to win on Easter Sunday. It, it, it's weird. It happened four times from 2004 to 2012. Phil in 2004, Zach Johnson in 2007, Cabrera in 2009, and Bubba in 2012 all came on Easter Sunday. But now it's been Eleven years, second longest hiatus, uh, uh, second longest gap in tournament history. Uh, only from the very first Masters in 1934 uh, to the Easter finish in 1947 was the only uh, gap longer than that. But no, I hey, hey listen, I mean too many uh, traditions. I mean obviously the par three, like like T Dub said, that the 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 uh, ceremonial start uh, on, on Thursday morning. The honorary starters. Which may be a little
3: more contentious than even the champion's dinner.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got you got Jack and Gary. I mean, they're going to be joined by Tom Watson (laughs) this year. It's a shame not to have Arnie around anymore, and and, and we miss him. But that's just another one of the great traditions. The Champions Dinner coming up on Tuesday night. I know we're almost out of time here, Sam, but there's too many to mention. Uh, I do want to say thanks to all of our sponsors one last time. Golf USA, Interurban Restaurants, Buffalo Wild Wings on Northwest Expressway, and Air Comfort Solutions. Really appreciate them making these reports possible. And and I appreciate you guys. And listen to the 73rd hole this week, guys. These guys do a fantastic job. Well, I appreciate that. We'll be
3: back on the podcast on Tuesday evening. Dad, real quickly, um, give the people your schedule throughout the week when they can catch your updates.
2: Uh, you bet. Uh, we'll be doing them every morning, and this is all central time, Oklahoma, 740 with the morning animals, and then 10 o'clock with, with Matt and Pat, uh, obviously noon with Mark Rogers and Brad, uh, 3 o'clock every day with Jim Traber, and, and 6 o'clock with Al Eshbach, Uh every day, Monday through Friday.
3: Absolutely. And then, of course,
2: next Saturday yep. we'll, we'll be on uh, for uh, 9 to 11 in OKC for the uh, – third round preview will be on with wrap up Saturday and Sunday night and obviously do the 73rd hole again next Sunday no doubt about it T-Dub thank you that is Taylor Williams and Craig Humphreys
3: live from Augusta we will be joined by Jim Woodward on the podcast on Tuesday to preview everything Augusta National so definitely go subscribe to the 73rd hole podcast this has been Sam Humphreys on the 73rd hole radio show it is Masters week everybody Be excited. I cannot wait. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the 73rd Hole Radio Show on Oklahoma's leader in golf, the sports animal.